All right, guys, welcome back. Episode 14 of the Rooted in Logos podcast. My name is Brad. I'm joined, as always, by two of the coolest human beings on the planet, Austin and Carter. What's up, guys? What is up? (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention, Carter. So Carter's dog chomped on my finger. No, Carter was tormenting my dog. Absolutely not. I'm sitting here eating beef jerky or whatever this is. He knows he has a thing for feet. His dog likes my feet. That's not my problem. That's not no. That's my problem. That's not my fault. <laughs> and he just got nipped. And Maddox is very sorry. Look at him. Look at him here. He is. He is so okay, I'll repentant just, I'll and humble. Back. <laughs> get Dogs back. can't repent. Well, my dog can. He's sentient. Okay, that's fine. Wow. Totally kidding. All right. So, <laughs> episode fourteen today. We are going to just very briefly. It is going to be a shorter episode. Uh, we're going to briefly discuss the eight points of progressivism in the church. So I do think it's really important to go through these eight points, to see them, to understand what they are, what they say, because they are infiltrating our churches. And if we start seeing these creep into the churches that we are in, the churches that we serve in, the churches that we participate in, we need to be able to say, this is contrary to the gospel. This is not truth. And we need to fight to protect the integrity of our churches. So that's why I want to go through this. Again, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this today. It's going to be, like I said, a kind of a Shorter episode. We also went longer on Tuesday, so we'll, well, this we'll is balance get, it out. <laughs> yeah, this is to get you to put a little bit more effort into looking for these things. Again, talking about spiritual warfare. As men, we are of that mindset of give us a sword and give us something to swing at. You know, we want that visual thing, let's fight it, I'm ready. Well, that is not how we're fighting here in America. Satan knows. Satan knows how to get us, and it's with the subtle things. And so this is a very big, subtle thing that's creeping into the church. So yeah, let's dive into and it and that, see what kind of things we got. Yeah, it's that slow fade, too, right? Where you, well, okay, this isn't that bad. I'll compromise a little bit here. Yes. And then all of a sudden, you have, like we kind of alluded to on Tuesday, you have a homosexual on the pulpit. Or on staff, or websites where their pastors put their pronouns in their names, or next to their names. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't just happen at the snap of a finger. It it slowly progresses in, in that slippery slope argument. There's a reason why that's a thing. It's, yeah. it's a slippery slope. And that God gave you your pronoun. If you're a man, you're a man. God gave you a pronoun. If you're a woman, you're a woman. You already have your pronoun. It's God-given. Don't tell God that he is insufficient. And he is not powerful, because that's what you're doing. So I'm going to read the 2012 version of the eight points. And the header for this is, by calling ourselves progressive Christians, we mean that we are Christians who... Dot, dot, dot. Number one, believe that following the path and teachings of Jesus can lead to an awareness and experience of the sacred and the oneness and unity of all life. What in the world does that mean? What does... Oh my goodness. That is a bunch of... Just nonsense. Doesn't even mean anything. But what what I think they're trying to say is that reading the Bible, reading the scripture, the teachings of Jesus, is just part of the universal collective knowledge of, of the being known as God. Well, it, leading to an awareness and experience of the sacred and the oneness. I'm like, what? In the unity of all life. Yeah. Universalism? Right. So, are we getting into this whole idea that that Rob Bell teaches that love wins in the end? Is that kind of where we're going with this? It's 
you look you look at uh, the the Ten Commandments and it says you shall have no other gods but me. And, and the Bible is clear throughout the entirety of Scripture that there is one God, Yahweh, Adonai, El Shaddai, Elohim. There is not a a, a oneness or a unity of all. There's not a universalism. It is it is one. Yeah. There's one God. Point number two. We mean that we are Christians who affirm that the teachings of Jesus provide but one of many ways to experience the sacredness and oneness of life, and that we can draw from diverse sources of wisdom in our spiritual journey. John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. This this is blasphemy. This is heresy. Affirm that the teachings of Jesus provide one of many ways to experience. Oh my goodness! I think I'm having just a hard like, time just reading this. I know. They just like using the words "sacred" and "oneness" because that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and like using the same words and just or using the same points and just wording them different. Yeah, it, because they don't have any depth to them. They don't have any any nuance or any in any sort of meat to this. They yeah. just want the feel good. Well, what depth comes from? The Father. Depth comes from the Spirit. If you do not have depth, you get this. And again, to bring offense, because I, we are trying to do this out of love. We're, we're, it is really hard to read something like this and, and speak through love, so we're, we're, we're trying on this. But to read this, to speak to these people who are putting this out, there's no depth here. Why? Because this is truly devoid of God. This is not of God at all whatsoever this is not scriptural this you cannot back this up with scripture so let, let's look let's look at just follow point number two here to its logical end if you affirm this belief so you're telling me that allah buddha krishna krishna zeus zeus yeah i mean you're telling me that all the paganism uh, uh hedonism atheism agnosticism that all of these ideologies lead to the same place? Yes, because there's no hell. You just do what you want and you get to heaven. Right. Or there's no heaven anyway. Uh, right? Right. Um, so, here's a thought, and, and maybe something we can discuss or you all can discuss amongst yourselves with your families. If there are multiple truths, are there any truths? And here's what I mean by that. You look at, you look at let's look at Christianity. And, and look at the teachings of Christ, where Jesus does say very explicitly, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Very clear, very black and white, or in most Bibles, red and white. Uh, yeah. No, don't ask. Okay. <laughs> but and then you have this other view of, okay, let's go with atheism. There is no God. There is nothing but what is here. How can both of those things be true? They are polar opposites. Exactly. Uh, there, there's a movie that I won't mention the title because it is not a movie that people should watch. It is not a movie I should have watched. But there was a scene in this movie where the this this couple is arguing and they're having just this nasty fight. And this particular, the man in the relationship had all these tattoos of different religions and ideologies. And he was just, he was all one with the world and one with this and one with nature and just let's all love and whatever, and she gets upset with him, she goes, and she points to specific tattoos and goes, this is Hinduism, this is Buddhism, this is nonsense, this is this, 
They are all conflicting ideologies. They cannot all be true. It's nonsense. It's it's gobbledygook. It means nothing because they're all conflicting ideologies. I mean, so point number two is just complete nonsense. You cannot have two things that are completely opposite both be true. Cannot happen. Number three. <laughs> Do we go any further? Oh, we got this. Oh we we got to go through this. Okay. Here we go. Number three. We mean that we are Christians who seek community that is inclusive of all people, including but not limited to conventional Christians and questioning skeptics. Again, the conflicting ideologies that if one is true, the other cannot be true. Logic. Believers and agnostics, women and men, those of all sexual orientations and gender identities, and those of all classes and abilities. So again, this is just the same point, but in a list this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically. Because it looks different now. Because it looks different. It's pres- yeah, it's presentation. Everyone's reading this like, man, this is, this is getting good. So let me, let, let's just camp on this for just a second. This third point here. This idea of inclusive inclusivity. All right, this idea of being inclusive of all belief systems, all people, genders, races, theory, whatever. Yes, we are a diverse people. Christianity is a diverse religion. We have different backgrounds, different cultures, different upbringings, different beliefs, different views, different ways we see the world. Yes, we love all these people. We love all these, all these individuals that believe things that are different and contrary to what we believe. And we, would lo- we will love them. We will op- welcome them with open arms but we will also speak the truth. And so while I don't want you to hear us saying that we need to reject these people as individuals, that we need to shun them, we need to push them out, we need to kick them out, we need to treat them poorly, that's not what this is. This is we love them, and because we love them, we speak the truth. There's a, I've mentioned this before, there's a line in this, God's got to change her heart before he changes her shirt. We don't need to worry about what they're doing to bring them into the church. We don't need to worry about how they live, what they believe. We need to worry about getting them in, and letting God work on them. Letting God start doing His work in their lives. Yeah. And do it with love. Well, and looking at, okay, where do all these religions come from? Where do where does all of these things come that fill people's lives with things other than God? Well, okay, looking back at our, our last uh, episode came out Tuesday, natural revelation, you know, we are supposed to see God in creation from the beginning of time. And this is where that gets perverted. This is where they know that they're missing something. Number four. We're, we're halfway there, guys. This is painful. <laughs> we are Christians who know that the way we behave towards one another is the fullest expression of what we believe. What? Read that again. <laughs> We are Christians who know that the way we behave towards one another is the fullest expression of what we believe. Okay. It's like, I see where you're getting at. Yeah. Through, through your actions, the way you treat people, the way you live your life, you're supposed to represent Christ, right? You're supposed to represent God. I don't have a ton of problems with this particular point. Yeah. Because the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. So absolutely, it is insanely important that we treat each other with the love of Christ and with, and with respect and with dignity and, and with that treat others the way we want to be treated, golden rule, and as image bearers of Christ. We talked about that when we talked about the purpose of man, is that we are image bearers of God. We are created in his image. Whether we are saved or not, we are created in God's image. And so it is important. I, I don't have a ton of problem with this point. No, me neither. Number five, 
We are Christians who find grace in the search for understanding and believe that there is more value in questioning than in absolutes. I don't like this one. So, grace. We find grace in the search of understanding. Well, grace is what? The free gift of God, right? So, the searching for it is kind of... Unmerited favor. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point in searching for it because it's there. All you have to do is accept it. Now... Searching for understanding, I mean, what we're ser- as you read, th- that, that should be a constant prayer. As, as you're reading scripture, praying, Lord God, give me your understanding. I'm searching your understanding, not my own. Granted, I don't think that's what they're talking about. No. <laughs> and I guess more specifically, the last half of this is what I don't like. We believe there is more value in questioning than in absolutes. Mm. Well, it's like, okay, there, there's benefits there, but not what they're talking about. Like, you're going through scripture. It is good to question. Why? Because then you look for answers. We talked about the Berean method. Mm-hmm. Go everything we say, everything you hear from the pulpit, everything we are saying on this podcast, everything you read in a in a book or a commentary. See if it matches up with the Word of God. See if it matches up and lines up. So yeah, there is good things in questioning and learning. And only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's a Star Wars joke. It is. <laughs> I'm not super familiar with Star Wars Hello there. references. That's what he says in the fight of... That is Obi-Wan <coughs> Kenobi. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, well, speaking to Anakin. <laughs> but I think there is a hint of relativism in this. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a hint in... Or there a hint of morality is relative and truth is relative. And that it's what's true for you, what's right for you is... is there's no is absolute acceptable. truth. What's your truth? Yeah, what's yeah. your truth? There's no absolute truth. Exactly. I, I think there's a hint. That's why I was like... Eh. Especially when... It, questioning more value and questioning than in absolutes well there's not more there's not more and and on, on top of that what we read in romans one on tuesday those are pretty absolute the, that is absolute yeah those well, are pre- even the foundational absolute is jesus is the son of god the only begotten son he is the only begotten son he died he was rose and oh my goodness wow you passed it on to me. It's a disease. I did. It is a disease. <laughs> I passed it to Brad. <laughs> he died. He came back to life. He ascended into heaven. Those are absolute truths. Okay. And uh, like, yeah, scripture is full of them. Granted, yeah, we have, you know, doctrinal number ones, and then we have secondary issues, but there are things that are absolute. They are. Yeah. And so if this is rejecting absolute truth and rejecting objective moral truths, I have a major problem with that because again, it's not about and we talked about this on Thursday with John, it's not about what does this mean to you. It's what does this mean? What is this saying? Not not how do I interpret it? How how does it how can I twist it to make it to where the way I like it? And if there's yeah. no absolute truth, it can just keep changing for what best fits the scenario. So Yeah. Well, like taking it out of context, like we talked yeah. about. Yeah. Something that drives me nuts is when you go to a Bible study and you have the person leading, you you read it and they look at you and say, what does this mean to you? I'm over here like, excuse me? I'm not, I'm not here for what does it mean to me. I want to know what it means about God. I want to know, I want to know the truth. It, it has nothing to do with what I think it means. I don't want to know what I think it means. Because based on my own opinion, I want to know the understanding from God. Well, we need to come at Scripture unbiased. Come at Scripture without our own preconceived notions, our own fleshly desires, our own fleshly thoughts, and our own 
just ways bent. we view the world, our own bent. Yeah, yeah. political, economic, whatever. It, that's not. It should be an objective reading of hey, what is the author saying, and what is God saying through the author? Well, and it's you read a topic that you already know and you're comfortable with, looking at that, saying, okay, I might be wrong. I might be wrong in the way I've looked at this. Take a step back. Let me look at this from a different lens. Let me do more research. That way, one, you can be truly confident in it. You know it. And to make sure that you're able to back that understanding through scripture and based on God, not yourself. Number six, we are Christians who strive for peace and justice among all people. Now, (laughs) this can be nuanced. This can be a little... Maybe I'm reading too much into this. I think this is their subtle way of of allowing social justice to creep in, allowing this idea of everything is based on race, everything is based on equity, not equality, but equity. Right. And th- this is, I, I would argue, this is this is a, a tough one. I think this is one that we need to be wary of when you start hearing these terms in the church. You know, strive for peace and justice. Okay, what kind of justice are you talking about? Are you talking about the social justice of, of we should all have the same outcome? We should all have equal outcomes, no matter how hard we work, no matter whatever we're doing, it should all be the same? Or is this justice as in God's justice? God's justice, yeah. Because I think there's a huge distinction there. Uh, social justice is is dangerous. It is um, It is adding to the gospel. It is Saying taking away, from, taking the away from the gospel. Yep. It is saying that you have to have Jesus and this idea of, of well, we need to look at everything through the eyes of race and we need yep. to look at everything through the eyes of utopia and and oneness and unity. Mm-hmm. That's not it's not scriptural. It's not and so yeah, strive for peace. Paul Paul writes that if it's possible, live peaceably with all. But yeah, we're called to do that. But that's not what they're talking about. Again, yeah, it's it's making way for this to creep in, the social justice, the CRT stuff. And it's it's not the right justice. It's not the right peace either. That's not God's peace. Because that, that stuff, the social justice, it stems from Marxism. And it stems from this very evil ideology of Marxism and communism. And we're seeing that creep into our political... I mean, not creep in. We're seeing that just... Oh, it's full-blown now. Full-on in our syst- in our political systems, our, our government structures. Our schools. Our schools. Our churches. And it's coming into our churches. Yep. And we have to be careful. They're using the false narratives of, of police brutality. They're using the false narratives of um, racial injustice. The false narratives of, well, you're rich, I'm poor. That's not fair. That's not... That's contrary to Scripture. That's contrary right. to the gospel. Yep. Because those things are false narratives. Not to say that police brutality is bad. It is. Not to say that social injustice, like injustices against races are bad. It is. But it's not the the way they're presenting it, the way they're framing it to lead to Marxism, to lead to socialism is contrary to scripture. It's contrary to what the Bible talks about. It's not the gospel. Number seven, strive to protect and restore the integrity of our earth. Okay. So do you mean, yeah, be good stewards of the planet? Sure. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm all for that. Does it mean using this doom and gloom, global warming hysteria to cram down a political point of view? Does it mean that? Then no, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> so yeah, with, with that whole striving to protect and restore the integrity of our earth, th- this thought that you know global warming is coming in and it's going to destroy our world unless we do something. Well, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to debunk 
global warming in one verse. Ready for this? Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. This is God speaking to Noah after the flood, after God just destroyed the world with water. He says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Right there. Global warming thinking that we are going to destroy the earth dependent on the way we are living on the earth. Yes, we are to be good stewards. We need to be taking care of it. But to think that we are going to destroy the world? No. God will destroy the earth at the end of the age. He has already said that. We are not. We cannot. Because that is not the prophecy. That is not what God said would happen. So heat, cold, summer, winter, day and night, seed time and harvest, those things will not end. And it says, shall not cease. So on a, if you're worried about global warming, let this be your assurance. You, you can't. <laughs> you, you can't destroy the earth it's because it's not biblical. It is not. Right. And, and what really frustrates me with this and, and this idea of, of global warming and all that is that, you know, I, there are good conversations to be had regarding taking care of the earth. There are good conversations to be had regarding of how we as human beings should be good stewards and take care of our planet. I am all for that. I am good with that. The problem that that we have and that we're seeing within the political realm and in the church realm is that it is used as a mallet to just beat these political ideologies into our heads and to beat this secular worldview into our heads, this idea that we are we are the controllers of the planet. We are, we are, there is no, there is no God that is controlling our planet. There's no God that is in control. It is all us. It's all on us. And that, and that's the issue. <laughs> that was really off. That was, that's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the issue. Be, is they're taking the place of God with, with science and with quote unquote science and with pol- political ideologies that say we are the end all be all on this planet. And it, it, we're not, it's God. So Yes take care of the planet don't don't throw your trash in the ocean yes right don't don't drive down the highway and throw your cup out the window yeah don't be be smart be a good steward but also understand this doom and gloom we're all going to die in 10 years because the earth is going to explode it's not it's not biblical it's not biblical it's not the case and that should not be in our churches that ideology should not be in our churches what was the first commission in genesis it was be fruitful multiply Fill the earth, subdue it. We have dominion over the earth, okay? We're in charge of the earth. We have control over it. And yeah, there are things that go with that. It, God doesn't say go down and chop every single tree on the face of the planet, but he's created those for us so we can build, so we can do things. He has allowed others to grow up in their place. I mean, even if you want to go out and plant trees, awesome. We love trees. Rooted, rooted in Logos, our thing, I mean... I work with trees every day. I love it. But yeah, it's having that mentality of you can destroy the earth. You are taking that power out of God and replacing it with you. So just kind of a warning. Keep that in mind. Right. And finally, the arguably probably the the least objectionable one out of the eight. We are Christians who commit to a path of lifelong learning, compassion, and selfless love. I find no problem in that. Yeah. 
lifelong lear- lifelong learning. Yes, we, you need to be learning every day. There, there is never a moment where you stop learning. They got one out of eight correct. They got one out of eight. That's a twelve percent pass. There you go. Again, this is a shorter episode. We're about to wrap it up, but I just I want to encourage you all to dig into the progressive Christianity. We're going to talk in the coming weeks about deconstruction, and we're going to talk about what that looks like and why that's dangerous. Um, so, But start looking into progressive Christianity. Start looking into these eight ideas. And if you start hearing some of this language, it is going to be subtle, okay? Because it is, like we talked about, it is a slow fade. It is a slippery slope. It is subtle changes to our language, subtle changes to our teachings that lead to these giant heresies that we are seeing in the church. This heresy of there are multiple ways to heaven, this heresy of love ultimately wins and no one goes to hell, that is all heretical, and that is what's being taught. This idea that there are multiple genders, that homosexuality is an acceptable and natural lifestyle, are all being taught from quote-unquote churches. And if you start hearing this language creeping into your church, you need to start raising some red flags and start having some conversations and try to, again, fight for the integrity and unity of the church and of our beliefs. So... Like I said, this episode's probably going to end up being about 20 minutes long. We're sorry for that, but we just want to hit these high points. All right, so there is more homework this week, and I'm going to leave that to Austin. <laughs> <laughs> he has a good ta- task for you this week, so All right, stepping it, down for this week. I, I got a challenge for you guys. L- talking about subtleties, okay? Subtleties creeping into the church. One thing I want you guys to do is... As you're listening to your Christian music, okay, you're listening to your your favorite artists, your songs, read the lyrics. Look up the lyrics and read them, okay? Again, we're talking about word usage. Look at the verbiage, the word usage that they're using in those lyrics, and really pay attention and pray about it, because if it what they're using is contrary to Scripture, we need to be akin to that. We need to be able to see that. Now I'm 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 not going to go through and mention songs or anything like that. That that'll be probably a whole episode on itself maybe. We'll see. That's controversial. I like that idea. That's a controversial one too. But it's a challenge. Okay, read it and pray. Pray about it. Say, "Lord, am, am I listening to something I shouldn't or is there just something I need to be more aware of?" So, that's your challenge for this week. Well, guys, um real quick just a couple little housekeeping items. Uh again, Look into this, look into, do what Austin said, look at the lyrics of your, of your songs, look into progressive Christianity, dive a little deeper than we did into it and, and see what it is and what it's, what it's teaching because it is dangerous. <laughs> it's not something we need to affirm as believers. So just in closing, just want to say we got an email while we were recording this episode. Uh, Don emailed us, asked us a really good question. So Don, just know we will get to this email next week. Uh, you, we will get an answer for you. We will dig into it. Thank you so much for that. Please keep doing that, Don and others. Question what you hear. If you have any any problems or anything we need to clarify, we would love to do that, and we will take time to do that because, again, we want to be faithful to the Word. We want to make sure we're clear. We want to make sure we're doing this with love and understanding, and we we want to be held accountable for anything. And and uh, Don's question is going to be good. We'll we'll dive into it. I'm excited. So. Reach out to us on all the social medias. Reach out to us on our website. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Get us up the charts. Support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Rooted in Logos. Check out John Harris's podcast, Conversations That Matter. And thanks again for coming on last week, John. Whoop, whoop. 
Guys, we love you all. We thank you all so much for listening. We will see you guys on Tuesday. In the meantime, stay rooted, stay San rooted. Diego. Oh, my goodness. Come on, man. Thank you for listening to our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rootedinlogos.com.